Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife's Sanctum. And this week, I'm going to veer out of the world and into another comedy anime. This one, slightly different than Konosuba. A different approach, different vibe, uh, different overall feel. Pretty popular in its own right. And I rewatched it a few months ago, and I do enjoy it, but there are some things that under observation don't completely add up. But overall, I did enjoy it. And that subject today is Toradora. Uh, this was released 10 years ago, and it still has a pretty good following to this day for a lot of different reasons. Um, I myself enjoy the writing and the character dynamics, though at the same time, some of those dynamics under closer inspection don't work out so well, mostly because I think this show could have stood to be like a 13-episode show, but this was before like 12 episodes became the norm, and everything was as close as it could be pushed to 26. The, you know, about 10 years ago, I'd say even about seven or eight, this was still kind of commonplace. It was only a few years ago where things started to become like 12. And it shows after a while just how limited this show is, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but bear that in mind that I do have some negatives, and I don't think this is going to be all that long of a review too, so that will be as well. But we'll start with the characters, and luckily for us, there aren't all that many. The show really only focuses on about six to seven of them, and let's be honest, five of them. Um, but we'll start with Ryuji Takasu, voiced by Eric Scott Kimmerer. And this was kind of the show he's most known for. He's done stuff like One Punch Man and Demon Slayer and whatnot, but this is kind of his main role. And Ryuji is not well off in the sense of like well living and well meaning. He he lives in a poor uh single parent household but he kind of was forced to kind of take care of himself and do his own thing and because of that he's hyper sensitive to like cleaning and you know he he's average in school and whatnot but he's well to do and well-meaning in most cases and unfortunately he has the whole thing where he looks like a mean guy just because he was drawn to have weird eyes and everybody else was drawn to have, you know, the big, big, bulging anime eyes. He was drawn to have the very squinty, like, I'm a, I'm a Yakuza dude look, because his dad supposedly was one. Um, but again, he's kind of the, the well-meaning idiot, but he doesn't come off as a complete moron either which is helpful because a lot of these shows i mean this is a harem in name only so bear that in mind it's more of a romance uh, uh, rather than a harem show but it's got that same vibe to it it's slice of life shit um most of the time those people come across as complete dimwits or stupid but they're well-meaning this guy at least doesn't come off as somebody who's a doormat which is unfortunate because he runs up against the person who will make him and force him to be a doormat. And the other main character is Taiga Isaka, voiced by Cassandra Lee Morris. And when I say she turns him into a doormat, she does it literally. She is crude. She is annoying. She's an absolute bitch. She's short as shit, but she takes no shit from others. I mean, the, the term sundere is basically her to a T. 
amped up to a million, and the whole point of this show is how the fuck these two got together, I suppose. Because um, cheaters never prosper, I suppose, if they never never banked on this being the premise of the show. But anyway, think of Taiga Isaka as the per- the person that everyone in the in the entire school knows is this complete bitch. Nobody likes her. Nobody wants to like her. Nobody wants to know her. And apparently she likes it that way. She's well-meaning, but she doesn't like her parents. So she lives in a fucking crazy-ass apartment, but doesn't clean or cook or do any of this shit. And as much as I like her and as well as she's written, I mean, oh my god. Um, you kind of probably already guessed where my issues with the show lie. But anyway, we'll get to the rest of the cast first. One of the best characters in the in the show is Minori uh, Kushieda. Uh, I almost said Minori because that's her nickname, but Minori Kushieda, voiced by Christine Marie Cabanos, um, she, who she was uh, Madoka from Madoka Magica and Shiho from Persona Five and stuff like that. Um, but she is like the best character in everything. She's got endless energy. She's got sports background so that's awesome she's a great baseball softball player because women play softball i guess i don't know it's sexist but what what do i know um but she's probably better than most guys at it she has an endless motor she's endlessly positive even if it's sometimes a front just to keep herself sane but my god is she just a ball of energy you need characters like that because again the main two characters aren't really they're energetic in their own way, but they're not, like, the the life of the party. Kushieda is the life of the party, and it's just lovely whenever she's on screen because she makes up for a lot of the problems that the show can have. Um, Yusuke Kitamuri, voiced by John Young ba- Johnny Young Bosch, is there. He's the good guy. He's the straight man. He's the plank of wood. Like... The, he's the well-to-do friend. He has very minimal points to being there, and yet he's awesome. But not in the, oh my god, he's the life of the party like Kushieda, but at least he's not stupid. The least I could say about Kitamura is he's not, like, nondescript. He at least knows when people are being stupid, and at least tries not to be. But he doesn't he recedes into the background and doesn't really cause a scene. He's inoffensive, which is fair because four other characters in the show are basically bastions of character amongst themselves. The best character in the show, though, is Ami Kawashima, voiced by Erica Harlocker. And she's a model, and she's the typical, like, I'm super sweet and super awesome, like super awesome, and I love everybody. But reality, she's just overworked and underpaid and underappreciated, and she hates everything. So she's a manipulative bitch, and that drives uh, Taiga crazy because she doesn't like manipulative bitches because she's a bitch herself. So they catfight all amongst each other all the time, which is the best part of this show is them beating the shit out of each other or basically catwalling but Ami is the best character in the show and I'm probably not alone in saying that because Taig is a bitch and I don't like her so Ami is less of a bitch she's more manipulative but she's less just 
outwardly stupid and annoying about it. So there, so there are brownie points about it. You could be a manipulative psycho all you want, but at least if you have some sense of self, that helps a little bit. So there are your main five characters. There are other people here and there, mostly uh, Ryuji's mother, but it, really this show is about these five people doing their thing. And their plot is a slice-of-life plot. What sets this apart is Ryuji and Taiga are trying to basically become each other's wingmen or wingwomen to get Minorin or Kitamura. That's basically it. So Ryuji wants Minori, Taiga wants fucking Yusuke, and uh, Kitamura. So I'll just use their last names because that's usually where they go. So yeah, Ryuji... And Taiga want Kushieda and Kitamura, but they are friends with each other, so they're each other's wingmen, and they do their thing. So it's a weird thing where, like, they get together just by circumstance, and the first few episodes are just them kind of working through, well, like, why the fuck these two would be together? Because, again, Taiga is an absolute tsundere bitch of ma mammoth proportions, and everybody knows it. Ryuji's sort of nice but will not take her bullshit and yet for some reason does don't ask me why um once they start introducing ami to the mix you start getting a little bit more like catwalling and like rivalry shit between those two because ami is the girl that everybody likes but taiga is the bitch that doesn't take any crap so the first season is just them kind of getting together in those five characters kind of working off each other there's a subplot where you can start to tell that the whole thing is starting to be a romance show and what it ends up being is a romance show there are some things in the second part of the show with like family issues ryuji is you know dealing with a single parent a mom who has to live a nightlife to support her child you know because apparently her dad just had sex and then just ran away obviously it could be a yakuza dude who knows but this guy just has to take care of himself and take care of her mother but they both have to there's also a subplot where taiga hates her parents but they want her to go home or she just wants to rebel and live her own life but as we've seen taiga cannot really do much of anything on her own and relies on on ryuji to do anything but she bitches him out every chance she gets calling him a fucking mutt or a dog or a bitch have i sworn enough in this episode i might have sworn enough i don't know um so kushida and ami fall into the background kitamura gets an episode or two to themselves but really the show is a is a slice of life show it follows the kind of story beats that you would think that this kind of show would do it's got its beach episode it's got its swimsuit episode it's got its stuff it's got you know the school festival episode they've got some other episodes here and there but really the point is doing stuff in the typical situations of a slice of life to get ryuji and taiga and all the others to do their thing to be fair, it is well written, and I will start with the positive source. Like I said, this is going to be a very short review, just because, again, there's not a whole lot of like plot or characters to dig into, because if you've seen the show, you've probably seen a thousand of them. What works in this case is the characters themselves work off themselves very well. Taiga and Ami cannot be together at all without them catfighting. 
And Ami really sells this show because I don't like Taiga at all. <laughs> and Ami, when she gets introduced, just gives this kind of like manipulative, but sort of psycho, but she has her own thing. But she also starts liking Ryuji too. And it gets played a little bit. The only problem I find, and I'll get to the negatives later, is that Ami sort of recedes after a while, which is the, the third girl syndrome or whatever. You know, it, it is that sort of thing. Aminarin, um, again, when she's on screen, she does crazy bubbly girl stuff. She is, you know, when everybody's doing their own thing or fighting, she's just like yelling at them or psyching them up or saying, I have everything I want and I'm trying to do this and this and this and this and this and this. And then she's like waving her arms around and she's jumping around. She has just endless energy. It's like watching Fooly Cooly and seeing Haruko on screen, except Haruko an evil lady and Minorine is like the nicest girl you ever meet. Um, so the characters play off each other very, very well. And um, the other awesome thing about the show is the opening. <laughs> I probably watched the show again just to hear the fucking theme song rather than just go to YouTube and listen to it over and over. And then, and then whether I was starting to get issues with the show I was just like, nope, I'll, I'll hear that theme and I'll be right back into it. I swear to God. So again, the characters work great. The character dynamics. There are lots of shows that like rise or fall based on how well they're written. And to be fair, this is one of the better written shows. Their dialogue comes off as natural and catty and, you know, doesn't seem very stiff by slice of life standards. It's very story driven, you know, just simple story stuff that is there, but the typical stuff works because these characters work and the actors themselves do a good job of elevating the material they're given, which is very basic. It's very basic shit. And it's not something that's going to reinvent the wheel, but when you have good enough characters, you kind of ignore that. Um, what I will say, despite the fact that it is a slice of life show, it, it kind of falls into that harem trap, but it's not really a harem you watch the opening theme and the opening video and you know right away what the fucking show is going to be. You already know that Ami's not going to get there. You already know that Minorine is too busy living her own life that it's kind of like, eh, maybe. There's this thing where Minori and Ami kind of forget to even try and distance themselves from the situation and then it eventually just becomes Ryuji and Taiga. And if you like those two, great. I like them as characters. What I do not like, and one of my main issues with the show, and I'll see if I can describe this well, is I don't like them as a couple. I don't like them as people that would get together for any reason other than this show demanded it, so we wrote it that way. Because again, Ryuji comes across as a nice enough guy and probably have his pick of any girl he would want and eventually well Ami starts to like him when a girl like that says hey I kind of like you because you don't take any bullshit you want Taiga instead Ami's great Taiga's not and I'm just kind of here's where I'm going with it Taiga when she's introduced lives in a massive apartment that is filled to the brim with garbage she doesn't cook, she doesn't clean, she doesn't do jack shit. She doesn't want to be around 
anybody. So what I wonder is how the fuck, outside of the machinations of, I know this girl that you like, so I, you know this guy that I like, so let's cross each other's paths so that we can do this, but then we end up together because shenanigans. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because what world would this absolute sundry bitch have, like, not just been like, just because you're not my neighbor doesn't mean I have to talk to you. You know, just because you're my classmate doesn't mean I have to talk to you. I'm doing you a favor. But then you start to suspend disbelief outside of the show and think, really? You want to bend over backwards to help this bitch? Why? Why would you want to do that when there's probably 10 or 12 other girls in class and maybe 100 different girls in school that probably have less problems than she does, probably has le- have way more, you know, actual living capacity than they do, like normal people. Taika is the absolute definition of abnormal. And just because you want to be around her or want to be around her friend, you're willing to put up with her stupid crap, most of which involves calling you an absolute dirtbag and treating you like shit. It reminded me a little bit of the dynamic between Catherine McBride and Vincent Brooks from Catherine, the game I reviewed way back, um, the Atlas game. Vincent is such a putz. Why would Catherine bend over backwards and basically take all of her life and she's well off enough I'm not saying Ryuji's well off, because he's not. He doesn't really have a lot of money or whatever. But why would he bother? That's my question. And that's really out of the context of the narrative of the show, is why he himself would bother to live around this person. Am I saying she's the worst character? No. Am I saying she's ugly or unkempt or the worst? I mean, is she like the Tomoko character from Watamote? Like levels of weird and awful and no, I I cringed thinking about it. But again, there's no real way to kind of suspend disbelief other than the fact that hey, you're watching an anime. This is what we wrote. This is what the narrative implies. I just think even though like opposites attract and love happens to anywhere, there are some bridges that don't seem to cross very well. And again, that's why I sit there and think, well, Ami's right there and she has about two or three levels less annoying than Taiga is, even though she herself has massive issues and doesn't come across as the nicest lady herself. Honestly, I would have picked Ami 10 times out of 10 rather than dealing with uh, Isaka just for the chance of dealing with my dream girl. It's like, talk with your dream girl. Talk to Minorin. She's there. You could talk to her. You don't need to deal with Isaka to do it other than be friends. You're bending over backwards. These two people are bending over backwards like magnets that don't really attract, and yet the the show tends to tell you that they do. As characters, they work, but as a couple in like outside of the narrative, I, I, I don't know if it's making sense, but I'm trying to make the most sense of it. And, and I guess that's where I will leave it.
the the show really hinges on whether you like these two characters and are willing to put up with the weirdness that their situation puts themselves in. I personally didn't. I liked it, but I also felt that the show went a bit way too long for its own sake. Yeah, it had some stuff in it, but it's not anything that you can't see anywhere else, and I've probably seen better, but you've probably seen hundreds of shows like this. It's it's a harem show in name only, and it pulls the stupid harem tricks that always happen, the threes company, like, I was here, but I was with this girl, and now I'm suddenly with this, you know, that sort of thing. Which is fine. It's well written enough that you can get past some of the cliche and some of the dumb. I personally think Ryuji and Taiga are better suited for other people in the show and really don't work as a couple. When the entire show hinges on that specific thing, when I'm thinking outside of the box and thinking outside of the narrative to to tell you that I'm not really feeling it, it it's a weird disconnect. Because for all intents and purposes, the show works as intended. But I'm also not reconciling my feelings that these two people in a real situation wouldn't stand anywhere close to each other. They would be throwing shit across the classroom and getting caught, and then they wouldn't even see each other at all. So, again, maybe that's just me thinking that way. And, again, Toradora is enjoyable. I don't hate it. I like it a lot, actually, and I do think a lot of the things like Minarine or Ami, you know, helped me keep going because a lot of the situation comedy, while basic, is buoyed by these characters that do work well off each other. And and that's what I will say, is if you've never seen it, the characters do work well off each other to a point. So it's still a recommendation for me, and take that for what it's worth i suppose but do bear in mind that these characters do kind of like try not to get involved in the love storyline they try to distance themselves from falling for this guy which is weird because it's like the anti-harem situation like they purposefully they purposefully try to eliminate themselves from the contention of this romance that they think they have in their heads just for the sake of the narrative that these two other people work so well that they can't want be apart. It's still a weird dynamic. And for what it's worth, I don't hate the show, but again, I don't think I can get over those two as a couple enough for me to just say, this was an absolute hit. This was a 10 out of 10 or something. At most, if I was to give it some fucking number or something, an 8 or a 7, you know, it could have done better. It could have had better situations or done less cliched bullshit. But at the end of the day, I still enjoyed it. But that will do it for me today. And let's see. Next week is Metal Gear Solid. Oh, fucking God. (laughs) That should be fun. I I didn't talk a lot of Toradora today, but I sure as fuck will talk a lot about Metal Gear. And um, after that, Emma, a Victorian romance, speaking of romance shows, but done in a much different way, and much less catty way. And then after that, I believe, is Final Fantasy IV. We're going back into the uh, drawing board of Final Fantasy for the first time in probably 40 episodes or something. 
And Final Fantasy IV is great. I Hopefully I can line up a guest that I've been meaning to have the discussion with and we can talk about Final Fantasy IV together. If not, I'll set it aside and do a different game when we get to that. But for now, that will do it for me and I'll see you guys next week. Citizen Strive, signing off. <laughs>